the guy who brought literally my sister brought him home I'd be terrified Welcome back to the Irish Bear Show. It is great to be back. It's great to have Tony and Ant and myself. We are here to talk Bears football. We are here to talk potential signings at the most important positions this offseason. But before we get into that, welcome Tony. Welcome Ant. How are you guys doing today? Good. I don't know what we're Good. doing. A long snapper program, Keenan, is the most important position. It's obviously, it's obviously the, the second and Obviously, the first trade. It's the number one pick. Like, Conversation yeah. we had last week, Tony's the number one pick. You just got to decide which one. I was confused. I thought that's what we were doing. So, you know, uh, it's my notes are nah, just there's, there's a, it's a full show on its own right there. Full show on its own. Patrick Scales, if you're listening, come on the show, my man. Come on the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, the most interesting. <laughs> I do need another holiday after that. Well, anyway. The one thing that I would say is we're starting to get into it where this season is almost over. We have one more game left, and it is a big one. Obviously, the Super Bowl this upcoming weekend. A lot of people are going to be excited about it. But for Bears fans, the good thing about it is the sooner that the Super Bowl is over, the sooner some of the important dates of this offseason begins. The new intro will be there next week when this season is over <laughs> so it is in the it's in the works but i wanted to wait until after the super bowl so that's what's gonna happen um but really when we look at this once this last game is over you're gonna start to see rumors coming out um myself and ej snyder on what day was it monday we spoke about this that what actually is gonna start some of the rumors we've seen this week is the fact that all the GMs are pretty much together or scouts were together, front office guys were during the Senior Bowl and during the East-West Shrine game. Um, so the interesting note there is that's why you're going to start to see some of these things. Agents would have been there kind of saying how much is kind of the base for what their, what their client is going to want. So soon enough, we're going to hear about what players might be cap casualties, what players may not get franchise tagged, which players will, and ultimately, who will actually make it to free agency. And that's what this show is going to be about. And we're going to focus on the two most important positions, or I guess two most important areas of this team, and it's in the trenches, the offensive line and the defensive line. Because realistically, if we look at this, I think those are going to be the positions where the Bears are going to spend the most amount of money um, in terms of free agent for those big signings that everybody wants. It is going to be interesting to see how this goes. And look, before we get into it, and I'll, I'll bring this one to you, Tony, is 
what do you want to see the Bears get away with during this free agent period? What would you be happy with, regardless of the money or whoever, that you would come out of free agency and be like, Ryan Pose did a good job? I'd like to come out feeling confident about the offensive line and the defensive line. That's that's my, my big priorities, to be honest with you. I don't think there's anybody wide receiver-wise, tight end-wise that I'm going to be knocking the door down for in free agency. I think there's guys in the draft we can look at in those positions. Um, I think our own players have come on a bit as well. Um, so, yeah, for, for me, looking at the type, the, the, the guys that are currently slated to be available, um, where we want to be spending the money is there. And incidentally, it just so happens to be that's where we are weakest offensive line at certain positions and defensive line pretty much right across the board. Um, that needs an, a whole revamp. Um, so in terms of your first wave of free agents, it's got to be in the trenches. Um, not to say that we won't spend big for you know a couple of weeks on end there, but I think that's where you've got to put your initial investment anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess I'm kind of similarly to you. What is it that you want to see the Bears kind of come away with, even if it's those first few days of free agency? Because if we can say that uh, we don't want them to overspend, but to a certain level, they're probably going to have to just because of the sheer amount of money that they do have. And you do have to hit the cap floor, which the Bears will be nowhere close to. So regardless of what we want to, or like, I don't think we're going to be talking about the Bears and free agency this year having loads of these contrasts you're like oh that was a really good deal there's going to be people freaking out that we've given this player too much money or that player too much money because at the end of the day when you have the most amount of money by a considerable margin in free agency that's kind of what happens yeah but that's that's part of the things we just have to suck it up i think what i want to come out of this process is and it is a process is feeling that other teams are looking at us now in a different way. I'm sick and tired of, of teams laughing at the Bears. I'm sick and tired of, of having to defend the Chicago Bears on whatever platform we're on because we're on a wave of where we need to get to. I want to see progress now. So I, we've been saying all year that I, I am a massive Ryan Poles fan. I really am. I, I think he's handled a lot of the situations really, really well. Roquan, even Monty, he's handled all that kind of stuff well, getting in talking to the press. But but it's time now. This is his time. He has to get this right. So there's no more excuses. There's no more, ah, oh, well, yeah, maybe. Not. This He has to get this right. And he's put pressure on himself to go and do that. And I love that about him to do that. What I want to come out in this free agency is to look forward to the first game of the season and go, yeah, I think we can win that with the team we're putting on the, on the field. I think we have the players to win that. And, and I really want to see those those young, strong guys who are going to really vamp up or as Tony rightly said, or all in our D-line. We need players in those really key positions to not be just placeholders, to not be guys who are rookies hoping that one rookie protects another rookie. I want our guys to have experience. I want our guys to have a couple of years in the, in the NFL and the rookies to be around that and to grow as a team. I don't want to go out and buy 32, 33-year-olds. I really don't. That's not what I want to see with this, this team. I want us to go with experience from the age of 25 to 28, build that through the free agency and then get behind that with our with our rookies coming through. And that's something I'm looking forward to. But again, it's it's so important he gets this right. There's, there's no other answer to this. This has to be correct. Yeah, and the thing is, I think Ryan Poles 
kind of knows what's coming up here because from everybody that we've spoken to that was that was able to talk to him during the senior bowl and during the east west shrine game he knows that there's a lot of work to do and that's the interesting thing that we have like it's not like where he's like oh we just have to be really careful with stuff and i know he says that right but we do just have to go back to last year they tried to sign larry ogan joby to a deal that people thought was over his market rate so like it's not like he's only going to be fishing in kind of the wave three and four again right last year he did have limitations this year there's no limitations this year you can do whatever you want this is the building year this i always said last year was to strip down everything from the previous gm this year's the year that you need to build this back up in your own vision now does that mean you're going to have a complete team where people are going to say, oh, that's a playoff roster? Probably not. But what you need is you need building blocks on your team that you can be like, okay, we did pretty good here. And that's what we're going to be talking about. You have obviously, it helps when you have the number one pick in the draft to kind of get more stuff when, when it comes to kind of the draft. But in terms of looking at free agency, I think the most important thing is that for me is that he does improve the D-line and O-line to the point is you don't go into the draft desperately needing to draft a specific position. Like those are probably the obvious ones, but I want us to look at this and actually improve on those on the two lines because that's where we struggled most last season. And from there, then you can actually pick the best player and whatever, wherever you land, wherever this trade down comes from, because look, I think it's very obvious the Bears are going to try and trade down. Whether that be a four, whether it be a seven, eight, whether it be at an eleven, you don't want to have to force a pick. So I think this is why it's really important. Now, I think the biggest question is, and I think this is probably the most likely scenario, and spending big on the defensive line. We saw the lack of pressure the Bears were able to put opposing quarterbacks under. They weren't good against the run. We we spoke about this all the time. Like we used to celebrate if there was a single sack because we didn't expect that to happen. For me, that's why I think when it comes to free agency, it's going to be imperative that one, they spend big, but also they spend on multiple guys because they're going to need to build depth because they don't have it right now on the defensive line. They need to have guys that can pressure the quarterback, whether that be on the outside with defensive end pass rushers or whether it be on the inside and you get your three tech or nose tackle. I think it's really important that you get at least kind of two to three starters in free agency. And then if you draft somebody, let them compete. If let's say you, even if you did sign a guy like Duran Payne and then they do fall in love with Jalen Carter, there's no reason why they can't both play. Like they're both talented football players. So what I want to see is that they build that defensive line that you go into the draft, not having to force a position. And I think that that's, probably the biggest thing that they need to fix early on i think they know that too because that's what they tried to do last year i think as well what you need to add on to that too is good players make average players better and what yeah. i mean by that is is if you've got real studs really really good players it means the average are players on the outside of that up their game with that because they get more opportunities because they might they might be double team when it comes to the offensive line or defensive line whatever that may be and it opens up opportunities so suddenly guys who you taught last this year were poor because they didn't have the support network around them suddenly look like they're they're having amazing times because 
other players make them look, make them look good and make them give the opportunity. Robert Quinn and and Khalil Mack helped helped improve some of our edge rushes at the start of the year because of their presence. I know Mack wasn't there, but Robert Quinn did even in the first couple of games. And that's what we're looking for as well. It's not just about getting real stud guys in. It's getting game changers in for everyone around them. Because you look at our defensive line, if we have the likes of Payne in there, we have the likes of Carter or whoever that may be, it'll give like Brisker, it'll give Gordon opportunities to, to pick passes, Eddie, Eddie Jackson. And suddenly there's more opportunities around the field. And while everyone's been saying, I've listened to everyone saying, oh, this, this roster needs to get gutted and get fully redone. I disagree. Yeah, but it needs game changers. It needs five, six, seven game changers that will allow everyone else to go and, and improve and grow. And it, it's a real it's a real opportunity to do that. I saw one of the guys in the J2K mention about Poles not having the experience. It's his second year GM. Totally agree with that. All we can do and what he said so far and shown so far and how he's handled situations. And for me, how he handled a Roquan Smith situation is a real positive in how he's done. There's not enough on his resume. Totally agree with you. It's not there. That's why this year is so important. That's why this summer is so important. He gets this right, all on board. If he gets it wrong, he's probably out of a job in 12 months' time. That's that's football this stage. I agree with you because, look, we can't really go off that much, right? When you, I think anybody that wants to analyze what happened last offseason knows he had to tear it down, right? The contract situation kind of forced them into having to do that. They weren't going to be able to add all these guys. Other players knew the Bears weren't ready to be a playoff team. So if they got an, a different opportunity somewhere else, they were probably going to take it because simply that they could, um, they would have been able to, <laughs> like, they would have been able to go to a team that's actually going to compete. When I think agents players and other teams aren't stupid they know where these different teams rank on a yearly basis what the bears were able to do this year is they were able to get justin fields kind of up and running to where there's people around the league talking about him right you mentioned it and this year they have the most amount of money they have all this draft capital to basically say that is there a possibility that these guys do improve and you could be battling for a playoff spot sure but this is going to be the off season that people are going to either hate Ryan Poles or they're going to love him based on who he signs, who he drafts and how they perform in the 2023 season. And it's a lot of pressure for a young GM, but he has to get this one right. If he gets this one wrong and I agree with you, he could be fired next year. He could be if he gets his painfully wrong because you're in a position to where you can improve. Now, Look, if he gets a, a couple of good players, they perform, and then like Fields gets injured during the season and they win two or three games, I think you have to look at it in context. But I don't think anybody can come here and say with confidence that they believe everything that Ryan Poles will be able to do because there's so many other external factors that can happen that can make them not get the guys that they want. Like these players, you could give them all the money in the world. But let's say if somebody offers the same contract and it's for a team that's actually competing to win the Super Bowl, it's hard for those guys. And that's what actually happened for a lot of the signings that they wanted last year. I remember one of the centers that they wanted last year was Brian Allen from LA. And he went back to the Rams because he thought that they were going to compete for a Super Bowl again this year. So there are different scenarios here, but I agree with you completely, Ant. 
this is the year that people are going to analyze what he does because this is when you have all the capital. You have all the ammo that any GM could possibly want. Now you got to show that you can create, you can build a good roster. And I think this is going to be that kind of make it or break it year. I think, see, at the same time, though, you have to keep in mind, though, like, fair enough, we've got all this money. Um, you could have a situation where Fields gets injured and we have a down season. Fine. But you could also have a situation where Fields doesn't get injured, has a good year, and we still only win eight games, nine games, and don't go all the way. So I think Bears fans have to remain realistic as well in the sense that, you know, we can have a good season this year without winning the Super Bowl. You know, we've got a, a, a shit ton of money to spend. Absolutely. We've got the number one pick in the draft. Absolutely. Someone mentioned that we've got the number one waiver spot as well. Absolutely. You know, yeah. so it's set up very well. But that doesn't mean you say that it's going to work out that way. I mean, a lot of chips have to fall in a certain way for that to happen. Um, so I, I think it's all about sort of preparing yourself as a Bears fan for, yeah, we'll make some investments. Um, the other thing is we might make some investments in places that you won't expect us to make investments in. There might be players that are signed that you think, well, what is that all about? Where did that come out, keep come from? You know, why is he not going for the top option here? Whatever the top option is, you know, and that, that's that's all relative to, to your point of view as well, sort of thing. So, um, you know, just before we head in uh, the, the chaos of next month, um, I think as Bears fans, we just need to prepare ourselves. And I think I remember reading uh, a sort of scientific journal and they'd done a study into um, the the secret of happiness. And basically, if you took away the equations and the formula and all that kind of thing, is basically just don't expect too much and you won't be disappointed. So I think we have to set ourselves up in the sense that don't, don't expect too much in that we're going to reach the promised land and we're going to sign all the players that we want to get and we want to... You know, that's not going to happen. We're going to get some players over the line that we want. Some players are going to think there's a there's a the grass is greener somewhere else. Um and yeah, and, and also every 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 GM has their price, you know, for a guy that they're not going to go above, you know, regardless of how much money they've got, because at the end of the day, that's just stupidity. That's no way to run a franchise, that's no way to run a football team. So you need to remember that when we're going into these negotiations. We're not going to go out there and pay Orlando Brown. A ridiculous sum of money if we can get someone else who fits the system better a bit you know that there's there's just so many different variables to take into account here when it comes to free agency um and yeah it's going to be fun but at the same time let's not lose the heat as they would say over this <laughs> what I, I will say on the heat is is that don't forget as well agents and players know that the bears have the most money like, like, this is the funny part. We're all jumping up and down saying we've got like 98 million or 110 million. All the agents know that as well. So when they're negotiating with Ryan Poles and Ryan Poles said, they, let's say their, their their belief is that they're worth 12 million. They're going to turn around to Ryan Poles and go, pay us 15. Because they know you have it. And, and that's part of the whole game. So what Tony, you said there just a second ago is really important that, that Ryan Poles goes in there with an idea of what he's going to spend. And before we move on to free agents, because he is going to free agency, that's where I think we are at Montgomery where we have an idea in our head of how much we're going to pay a running back. And whether that's Montgomery or somebody else, that's our idea that we're going to pay. We're not going to go above that. And whether that's agreement with Montgomery or agreement with some other running back, that's the figure. And I, if that's how we go ahead and do these things, all in for that. If we have an agreement that we are not going to pay a running back or a right tackle or a, a linebacker 
X figure. That's the most we're going to pay for that player. Then, then that's where we go with. And I'd be excited to see exactly how we go about doing that. I just am excited about the fact of that. Oh yeah. And on your point as well, Tony, sorry on your point, everyone's going to be pissed off. No matter what you do, we could sign the greatest player of all time in every single position and some Muppet will be like, why didn't we sign this guy? Or I keep seeing like lads who we let go two years ago. We're still playing in the NFL and I'm seeing people going, Oh, why didn't we pick him? Total crap. And um, one of the players of Washington, I, I won't even mention his name. But like it's it's you, we just need to have that realism, but also enjoy it. This is this is the other part. This should be fun. Like we have all the capital, we have all the money, we have all the opportunity. This should be fun. If you're not enjoying this as a Bears fan, what are you gonna enjoy? When? Yeah, and that's that's the thing. Like last year was tough going into it, right? Like you knew that they weren't going to be able to spend a lot. You were hoping that maybe they'd find it in some way. But like this year, you, you kind of have to go in with the expectation that they will, right? And look, obviously the defensive line is kind of one of the main areas. And I think we had a, a comment that I really do agree with. I'll just try and find it because it was I put it on the screen a few minutes ago. This one here. Goes, I think we signed minimum two big ticket O-line and two to three big ticket D-line. I agree. I think you probably get at least a defensive tackle, a pass rusher, and probably a right tackle early in free agency. And I think that that'll be like your main signings. And then look, what I think people will, where people might get a little bit crazy is where the Bears will sign some big contracts early on but you then might see them step out for, for a little bit and they may go to that wave two and wave three and build the depth from there because sometimes they're, sometimes your best signings are on those like set isn't that second wave. Maybe it could be somebody gets signed or somebody else gets cut from a different team. Things like that can happen as well. So it's going to be really interesting to see how we go. I guess just before we go into kind of our picks and who we think will be some of the top free agent targets for the Bears. Um, one of the questions that I've kind of thought to myself is, what is the most important position to fix on the Bears' offensive line? Because we've spoken about this so much. We've said there's really nobody that's safe. Obviously, we have Tevin Jenkins at right guard, but his injury problems keep kind of coming back up every so often. So I don't think you can – wait with your chest out and say he's definitely our right guard for the entire season because he's proven that he hasn't been able to stay healthy for an entire year yet. Your left tackle was a rookie, played better than what you expect out of a fifth rounder, but is it to the level that you that you want? Cody Whitehair is getting older, bigger contract. You can kind of save a little bit of cash if you do let him go, if you don't want him. Center, obviously the issues with Sam Mustafer and then Lucas Patrick couldn't stay healthy for the entire year. And then right tackle has, has just been a big problem. So, look, Tony, I'm going to start with you. Of those positions, which one do you think is imperative that the Bears get a massive upgrade in? Um, Based on the fact that I think hopefully Tevin Jenkins is going to be fit after having the full off-season to go, based on thinking that the Bears like Lucas Patrick and that's why they signed him and if he stays healthy um, and based on the fact that I know they like Braxton Jones I would say that right tackle is probably the, the one position 
that I would I would target out of if if I could only pick one to target if we only had a certain amount of money to pick, to, to spend mm-hmm. on offensive line I would invest heavily in the right tackle position. Um, I think it's probably outside the center. It's it's definitely the weakest spot. Um, but I I think you know Mustafer's not going to be the center next year. I think it's going to be at least Lucas Patrick. I think they might look to bring in maybe a rookie. Uh, in terms of centers, there's a couple of guys available uh, later on in the draft that they could pick up. Um, so I think they could maybe look to have a setup like that. And so I think right tackle is absolutely going to be a position of uh, huge investment. Um, and I know we've we've talked about a few different options there um, over over the last few weeks. But um, yeah, for me, that's the way to go. I'll, I also thought about it as well in terms of um Tevin Jenkins and obviously he was originally a, a, a tackle in himself. Now he's found his spotted guard and he's been absolutely excellent as a guard. There might be some scenario some way down the line where he is moved back out in a right tackle again. Now I know if you're sitting thinking, well, if he's great at guard, why move him a tackle? And I totally get that. But I'm just playing devil's advocate here. And it's just like, well, he was a tackle. Um we know that he can play that position. And you remember we talked about Kyle Long for years, right guard, who we talked about, oh, he could play right tackle. We could eventually move him out to right tackle. Tevin Jenkins could be that similar sort of guy. And But the difference is we've seen, we've got the evidence base of him in college playing that position. He has, he has, he's got the, the, the skills, he's got the athletic ability to play out there. Um, and, and maybe this year was more of a building a confidence year at right guard. Maybe they, maybe maybe there's some scenario where they flex him out of right tackle and bring in a couple of guards instead. Um, it might, it probably won't happen. But just to throw a grenade in there as as a cat amongst the pigeons, as if you like, as an alternative, that that could be something to go with. But to go back to the original question, right tackle is absolutely the place where I think they're going to put the most investment in. Can I also follow that up with with Tevin and? I'll say this, right? In the two and a half years or two years of the Irish Bears show, whenever we have Peggy Krasinski on, I'm always unbelievably interested in what she has to say, just purely because of her knowledge and what she does say. And she was adamant that there was issues with Tevin Jenkins. Now, I'm not getting into this show, into that on this show. Really, I'm That's for another day down the road. If it was anyone else, I'd have been like, forget about it. He's done his job at right guard. I just don't know what whether there's something with Tevin that they're not comfortable with. So I, if I'm Tevin Jenkins, if I'm Tevin Jenkins' agent, and they say to me, I'm looking to move me to right, right tackle, I'm screaming, please don't. Leave me at right guard for another year. Leave me play that position so that I'm comfortable there. And get me someone at right tackle that's played in the league for two or three years that I can work with so that we can get stability on it. So I tell you, I get you playing Devin's but I do get that. But when you were talking there, that's what came up in my head. That Peggy Krasinski is saying said that they were thinking of trading Tevin Jenkins, and that stuck there. And I'm going if I'm Tevin Jenkins or his agent, I'm like, don't move me anywhere. Um, sorry, I just uh, it just popped into my head. What I will say on the question you asked as well around what's the most important place for me, it is right tackle. I agree, but it's left guard because I've lost all confidence in Cody Whitehair. I just have. He was meant to be our our veteran, experienced man this year. He was meant to be the guy that held Braxton Jones at left tackle. He was meant to be the guy that was the leader of that offensive line, and he wasn't. And his wages is massively high. 
Um, and if we can get somebody in, I have I have a name. If we can get somebody in at the money we can save for 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 Cody White here, we can spend on this particular player. I think that it would be an absolute vital movement in there. Berlissa Moe's mentioned about centres in the in the draft, and I would tend to agree. Again, agree with Tony as well. I think they roll with Patrick, and they roll with us with a with a with a, a rookie to to work with them and battle it out between the two of them. Um, but I just I just again really feel that we get right tackle right, we get we get um, left guard right, and also isn't a great thing for Braxton Jones that where no one has mentioned left tackle yet. No one has talked about us going out and getting a left tackle. Um, and I just hope that kid goes and gets more weight in the gym and uh, and comes back and, and really pushes on a left tackle as well. Yeah, like this is a big year for him. He needs to show that he's able to build on last year because if he's able to do that and you're able to get a guy like him to be your left tackle, you help yourself so much because you found your guy. He's young, he's controllable, and that's what the Bears are hoping for, and you're hoping that he can improve at that point. And if he doesn't, you need to then go and find your left tackle of the future. But I think that they'll be willing to give him the opportunity to do that, especially if there's not a mainstay left tackle in whether you are close in the draft or if it's in uh, free agency. So, look, what we'll do is we are going to start off with some of the targets um, on this. Let me get rid of the, the banner so we can just focus on, on this one first. So, again, main one we have here is we'll start with the offensive line. And I think the first one, this was you and that picked Ben Power. So do you want to go through why you kind of selected him as a key target for the Bears? Um, first, first of all... Two reasons. One, it seems like Baltimore don't want him to leave. That's always a very good sign, whether that's their player, whether that's their fans, or whether that's some of their players. I've even mentioned it. Um, I don't know. I read this as I was researching Ben Powers, and he was talking about the cinder block story. Did you hear about that? No. So the offensive line coach no. in um, in Baltimore, I can't remember his name, he created this policy where it's the cinder block. So whoever the best O-lineman is gets a cinder block, and it's left in their locker. And whoever gets the most cinder blocks at the end of the season gets to bring it home with them. And it's just a, a trophy for the old lineman to have. And Ben Power, Ben Power's got it eight weeks out of the 17. So he's keeping, right? Wow. Straight, straight away. One, I love the idea of the center block, by the way, because it shows solidity and all that kind of stuff. Great idea. But it also shows how important he is to this team. And the best part is he battled his way into that into that jersey. Didn't have a good first year in the league. Wasn't really, I think he didn't play till the 17th game. Was more of a right guard than a left guard. Moved over to left guard and he's taken it by storm. The other thing as well is that he's 26 years old. He's an All-American. He's a fourth rounder so he has a bit of, bit of anger and bite about him as well that he wasn't picked higher up. And everything you see in him, the quotes that some of his teammates are saying, type of player that you want in your team, trenches, kind of guy that's angry and, and nasty and that's what you want. He, he also has a quarterback in Lamar Jackson that is very similar to a quarterback that we have in Justin Fields. So he knows what he has to go and do with that. For me, Ben Powers is the number one target for me in this offensive line, in this draft right now. I think Ben Powers will, will give us that solidity on the on the left on the left side of the of the offensive line. He will assist with with um Braxton Jones' development, and he may even assist them with a with a center who would who would be a rookie, or even if it was Patrick. It's Everything you'd want in a player. He's a great scheme fit for me. 
and he's just nasty. He's 338 pounds. He's six foot four. And that's what we want in this offensive line. People who've got experience in the league are 26 or can play for another three, four years. Relatively, relatively cheap in the big scheme of things. 10 to 12 million, I think you're looking at. Maybe give him a three to four year contract. And then having a point to prove in, in Chicago. And yeah, I think he could become a fan favourite very quickly. Yeah, and there's a couple of things that I like as well is, well, one, we saw what happened with the Ravens, right? Like, they had to go through and cycle through quarterbacks. And that's not easy for an offensive line because you're having to learn a completely new way of of playing it, especially when your quarterback is Lamar Jackson. And then you go to kind of Tyler Huntley, who, look, even though he's athletic, doesn't play with the same style that Lamar does. So that's an interesting one. When you look at him overall, he had over 1,000 snaps at left guard this year. He And some of the interesting statistics for people is he only allowed one penalty. Zero he allowed sacks. Zero sacks, one hit, and 12 total pressures. Uh, and like Realistically, you can't get much better than his production anyway at left guard. Again, we always say we want that nasty guy in there that's going to help protect your quarterback i think he is definitely someone um that that would be a very good option um again there's going to be a couple different guys here but look you can never say no to a good offensive lineman can i make a comment jimmy tony's put up put up a thing can you put up on the screen that his power is even a fit yeah 100 he is and the reason why why he is you're saying that he needs to lose weight he's had quarterbacks like lamar jackson He's running around the place all everywhere. And he's the, the, the stats that, that Karen's just given, what, one pressure, zero sacks, one penalty against him. That's consistency. That's that's exactly what we're looking for within within um a development in our in our team. And they don't have to be these athletic freaks who are running all around the field. They don't have to be that, especially on the inside. Um and I and I I respect you massively for having to making the point, Jimmy. Make as many as you can. I just disagree on this one. I think that that Ben Powers would be a fantastic fit in Chicago. Yeah, look, the thing is, I understand the whole the scheme fit idea as well for offensive line because yeah, you want you want guys that are ideally going to fit what you want. Um, but realistically, I'd rather guys that don't allow my quarterback to get hit than someone that's a scheme fit that's not as talented, and that's one of the things that is is going to be interesting. And look, there's different options here that we will be talking through. Um, so this is just the first one. Um, so the second one was Ethan Pochich. Now, Noel was supposed to be doing this one, but unfortunately he was not able to make the show today. So instead, look, Pochich was a guy that I had earmarked last year as a guy I would like the Bears to target. I know a lot of people were talking about kind of Brian Allen and stuff like that, but the thing is he's he's just as good against the run as the pass right like you do also if you don't believe in lucas patrick like if you think that he can't get healthy and you still do want to get a rookie in pochich would actually be a really good option to battle whatever rookie that you bring in let's say you do draft a john michael schmitz or a joe titman or if you want to draft um the kid from arkansas like there's definitely there's definitely a good point here. So look, just to give off some of his stats from this year as well, he played 819 snaps at center 
uh, allowed one penalty, two sacks, zero hits, and only allowed 10 pressures. Again, I think he, in terms of four sacks allowed, he's tied 17th in in the league. He's kind of gone around like he was drafted by the Seahawks, but then obviously has now gone to the Cleveland Browns. I would say they probably wish that they had him on a longer term deal because I think he's going to have a pretty good market. And this is one here. Uh, Poaches can play guard too if you want. Mentions the scheme fit. Um, and look, I, I just think that he would be a really good option, especially if you do want someone to battle and um, a rookie. And if you aren't too sure on the health of, kind of Lucas Patrick, which I don't think anybody can be very confident with. But again, you look at guys like this, he doesn't give up a lot of pressures. He is somebody that's going to be able to be that focal point of your offensive line. He's a smart football player, which is what you need from your center. So realistically, I think this could be a really good option for the Bears. Um, When I look at the center class in terms of free agency, he's the one that kind of stands out. There's guys like Garrett Bradbury as well that could be a potential option. But realistically, I think if you don't get a guy like Ethan Pochich, you're probably sticking with Lucas Patrick and then drafting a rookie. But I think this could be a really good option, especially for a team that does have a lot of cap space. If you just want to build those two, the two lines, he'd be an excellent option at center. So we'll move on to the next one, which is, yeah. No, I was just going to say in terms of poaches, I just think, I, I just don't feel like it's going to be a position that we target too much in free agency and, and center. I, I think with Bocic, he's a he's a guy who's never played a full season of football. Um, he, he's had injuries. He had a knee injury this year or last year. I can't remember. Um, and for me, I just think you know if you're you're going from a guy in Patrick where you're paying him less money than you pay Bocic, um, and you've got concerns over um, injuries. Then I, I just don't see them, you know, making that investment again with with him specifically. I think centers mm-hmm. more likely to be uh, a rookie to come in and challenge Patrick um, to to kind of take that position. Just just my my thoughts on it. But Bocic, absolutely, he's, he's he's a great player, but I just don't think it's a realistic option for the Bears. But I could be proven wrong. Yeah, I think the only reason he's probably an option is if they're not confident in Lucas Patrick's health. And if they would prefer to go out there and get somebody that they think could be a better option at that position. Look, obviously you would want to have whoever's there. Just you need, like you need somebody that comes in that can just directly improve that position. And we haven't been able to see that. So look, Tony, I'm going to leave CMLO to you and um, because this is one of your picks so why did you think that this should be one of the bears kind of top priorities on the offensive line please say his hair the first thing well <laughs> the first thing about Ciamalo is his hair okay you need guys like that in your team because guys like that are not to be messed with i my, see when i had long hair my hair was like this guy i will show you a picture of it to prove it anyway Can't wait. Um, that's a, that's, so, get that on twitter get that on twitter well, six foot four, uh, 300 pound lineman. Now he's 29. Okay. So people might say he's gonna, he's, you know, he's pushing 30 now, but um, he's a guy that's really, <laughs> he's really kind of come into uh, his own in the last kind of couple of years. Had struggled with injuries over the last, uh, you know, 2020, 2021, I think it was. 
Um, but he's a smart, versatile veteran. Now, I think that Ryan Poles will want a smart, versatile veteran on that line. We know that he uh, he likes versatility in the players that he has, um, and I think that this would be an ideal scenario. I think you'll get him for probably around $11 million a year. Um, but for that $11 million, it's well worth the investment because of the type of player he is. He fits the scheme, but he also doesn't give up sacks. He's given up one sack all year, and he's paid, played 1,200 snaps for the Eagles, and he's only given up one sack. Um, per, big, powerful player, quick on his feet, and it's the type of lineman that the Bears are looking for, light on their feet, able to move, athletic. Um, so, for yeah, for me, th- this, is, this would be a no-brainer option. Um, also, a stat that I'd uh, found, he was actually... PFF's ninth best guard in 2022. Um, um, so I think if you're looking at a guy like this, if you take him 29 years old, maybe take him on a two-year deal for maybe 11 million a year, um, and then maybe draft a guard later on um, and, and sort of bring him along. But this is a guy who's going to protect Justin Fields. He's played in an offense similar to what Justin Fields is playing with a quarterback similar to Justin Fields as well. Um, so for me, this, this would be the the 100% the way I would go with guard to replace uh, Cody White here, who will be a cap casualty, in my opinion, uh, come come March time. Yeah, and the one thing I like is the Philadelphia Eagles, by pretty much a country mile, have the best offensive line in the NFL. You When you look at the way that Jalen Hurts plays, and Ant, you kind of made this, you made this argument when it comes to powers. I think to a certain level where we think Justin Fields is going in terms of his career trajectory is the way we saw with Jalen Hurts. And when you have a guy that knows how to play that position, again, you want one of those mean, tough guys, but also somebody that does fit the system. And Tony, like you said, a guy that has only that has only given up one sack, like these are going to be the type of guys that the likes of Poles and Cunningham are going to like. Also, we do have to like mention in all these that like Cunningham was with the Philadelphia Eagles before. So anybody from Philly and does if they win the Super Bowl this year, trust me, a couple of those guys are going to get paid elsewhere. So this is going to be one of those guys that probably will because Philadelphia will probably think that they can bring somebody else in and keep the, their kind of line moving. But I think this would be a very, very good option. It would be an interesting one if that did happen. And then what does happen with Cody Whitehair? Or is it just they battle on the inside and whoever the best guys win, If even if you keep Whitehair or even with Tevin, like put a bit of pressure on him as well to earn that spot. Or if he want, or if they do want to push him outside, getting a guy like this, it does help as well. Um, so the next one is myself and I picked Caleb McGarry. And the reason why I picked Caleb is... I always like looking for kind of where are the links between the organization and the players. And for me, Caleb McGarry works because, well, we know he has a link with the offensive line coach. And if the offensive line coach really liked him, you can tell that he's probably going to be the one that is going to be punching the table jumping up everywhere to try and get him if they can. I think he's going to have a pretty good market overall. Um, especially with some of the other guys that haven't 
and especially with some of the other guys that got paid throughout the year again was a first round pick and uh, back in 2019 for the atlanta falcons he's allowed five penalties and and six sacks but again he's good against the pass but also he's absolutely dominant against the run and he has i think he is one of the highest kind of i guess run projections from pff and stuff or whatever you like there but he, i think he rated a 91.6 but realistically you look at this guy he's a mean sob he's a guy you want on your team it's it's the type of guy that when you're against him you hate him but when he's on your team you love him and those are the type of mean guys that you do want on that offensive line i'm sick and tired of either hearing an opposing player saying that the bears aren't good on the line or that they're kind of not tough enough this is what we always thought of when it came to Ryan Post coming and trying to build out this rugged and tough offensive line that's going to battle every single day for Justin Fields. And when you watch Caleb McGarry, it just it seems like it's an automatic fit. If you wanted to spend a load of money on a right tackle of in free agency, he was at the top of my list before all those guys during the season, like Jack Conklin and all, were getting were getting paid. He was in the same level as there. My biggest hope is that he doesn't get re-signed by the Atlanta Falcons. I really hope that doesn't happen because I completely agree with, with this comment here. I think that if he gets the free agency, he could be our number one signing because he will command a lot of money. But I think it's worth it if you want a guy that will protect fields, but also will really help that run game because he is stout against the run and that's what I really like about him. So he's been the one guy that I've kind of looked at on the offensive line that I keep hoping that we don't hear any sort of news that the Falcons and him agree to kind of an extension. It could be likely, but hopefully it doesn't happen. It would be great if he does hit free agency because I think if you're able to start free agency by getting your right tackle and then not having to worry about that anymore, I think that's a really good place to be in. And that's why he was my first kind of main target for the Bears. Um, and this is your second guy. So you went for Juwan Taylor um, from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Go, go ahead and tell the people why you think that he would be the best option to bring in. All right, first of all, you picked McGarry. So I think it will happen. Um, now, to be fair, Javon Taylor is someone that I like for two reasons. One is durability. He's played nearly every single game. There's, there's a lot of options that are there. He he's very good on on um as a pass blocker, which we've been given out to not given like given that kind of ability to do it. Now I know what people are going to say. The run blocking is a question mark. Or the, the, yeah, the run blocking is a question mark on him, and it's definitely something he has to work on. And he wouldn't be. Underline this, he wouldn't be my number one choice. But if McGarry is after being taken back by Atlanta, um, and you have a pick between someone like this kid or going back to Larry Borum, then we kind of start looking at Jalen Taylor because of the abilities he gives. He always seems to be playing. He's, his pass protection is what we want to see from Justin as the next development on. We want to see Justin Fields get that. That's the next big question mark that that or even his own coaches and himself by the sounds of it, has on his ability. This kid will give him that opportunity to pass the football. We'll give him the opportunity to get the ball into the hands of our, our playmakers in certain positions, whether that be Mooney, Claypool, whether that be Cole Komet, etc. So I think that's where 
this guy interests me and the value is still there. It's 10, 12, 13 million, I would assume on that for, for three years. He's he's a second round pick from 2019. He's got a pass blocking grade of 76.4. He's in the top 25. He's got a lot of tick the boxes. There is work to be done, definitely. But I think we'd be silly not to at least investigate this. And I think the other big point that, that, I, that I like about him is that Jacksonville have gone the exact same route as Chicago want to go to. And what I mean by that is losing, winning only one or two, three games of the season and then pushing that on into, into eight and nine. He's been part of that program. We wanted to have experience of that, that going into next season as well. Players who've experienced that and know what it needs to be to get into, to win a football matches. So that's why I picked J1 Taylor. Yeah, look, I, I agree. What I would like is if you don't get McGarry, which is kind of one of mine, that Juwan Taylor would be right below that. Um, for me, it depends what you're looking for. Are you looking for a guy that is like they both have more deficiencies? Juwan Taylor is more, I'd say, is a better pass protector than Caleb McGarry, but he's definitely not a better run blocker. And it depends on what do you want. Now, I think we can't really complain if one of these guys is that kind of first or second signing for the Bears because I think if you got Taylor, if you got McGarry, you'd be happy with uh with uh wherever he gets to wherever he, they get to play. Because look, you want a guy that comes in straight away at right tackle and you don't have to worry about it, right? So that's the main thing that we want to try and get to. Uh and then Jackson, Jacksonville as well. One quick point. Jacksonville mm-hmm. have to cut players. So while Atlanta might be able to get and renew McGarry, I can't see how Jacksonville renew J1 uh, Taylor. So I think J1 Taylor will go to free agency. And I honestly believe the Bears will get one of McGarry or J1 Taylor. Yeah. Uh, look, we're going to focus on the defensive line here from some of the picks that came in. Uh, look, the obvious one, I think a lot of people kind of will agree in the comments, and it's Deron Payne. And really uh, his second name kind of just kind of encapsulates everything. He puts a hell of a lot of pressure on opposing quarterbacks and it's something that is badly missing. It really needs to happen. Like if he hits free agency, he the bear should be at his door like they did with uh, Julius Peppers. Stay at his house. Don't You got to make sure that he signs because this is going to be what if he's able to get to free agency? The only reason I think he does is just because of the money that the Washington Commanders already have tied up in that defensive line. Recently, already paying some guys, they're going to need to pay um, their pass rushers soon as well. But the thing is, he he's just dominant. Like again, he had twelve sacks in twenty in twenty twenty two, which was tied fourth in the league. Again, had forty tackles at his position. Again, 10 hits, 49 total pressures, 27 hurries. Again, the thing that you want from a guy here is can he be stout? Can he affect what the opposing quarterback is doing? Can he bully offensive linemen? And it's really difficult to watch the Washington commanders and not notice them. And that's something that you really want. And the Bears just haven't been good enough on the inside or the outside. Look, the interesting part here is going to be does he make it to free agency? Because a talent like him shouldn't make it to free agency. But the issue is when a team like the Commanders have already 
spend so money, so so much money at the same position. Are you going to do that twice? How are they going to construct that defensive line? Look, I think if this was any other team that hadn't paid a lot of money and doesn't still need to pay a lot of money to their defensive line, I'd say there's no way in hell that he hits free agency. But there's actually that small glimmer of hope that he does. And if he does, I think the Bears have to be involved because I think he's probably gone. If he gets the free agency, I think he'll probably be the best player in, let's say, the non-quarterbacks because we don't, we all, people will always put them at the top no matter what. But I think he will be the number one player available in free agency. And I think the Bears would be silly not to get involved, especially when you can offer the most amount of money you've got to do your most of the stuff up front this year and other teams aren't able to do that and that's the way you get him in i think that's what you got to do because i think he'd be a no-brainer signing and i think that this would be something that really shifts the momentum and we spoke about this at the start of the show you need like real football players in there we don't just want guys that are coming in like oh that was a good signing here or there you want a guy that can be dominant and you really do need that on the offensive or on the defensive line. It's something we were missing last year. It's something they tried to address early in free agency, but it just didn't work out because of medicals. I think if he hits the open market, he'll probably be one of the first players that the Bears are going to try and sign. And if they start off by signing Duran Payne and a right tackle, I think most Bears fans will be happy with what they do in free agency because those are two key positions. And this is a question. Will he get tagged? That's the one that I don't think anybody knows yet. And that's he's going to be the one that everyone will watch. He could get tagged. I don't think that they will just because of the money that is involved already on that defensive line. And they still want to push to try and get to the playoffs because their division, look, obviously with the Eagles, very, very good team. But they had a chance to make the playoffs this year. Like, do they want to spend that in other areas or do they want to keep it in the defensive line? I think that's going to be the big question. Um, Javon Hargrave is the other defensive tackle. Noel was going to be talking about Javon Hargrave. I think we know kind of what to expect from a guy like this. Like, I, I think Barely Simone said it earlier on in the chat how enticing it would be if you were able to pair Payne and Hargrave together like that would be insane but you just have to watch the Philadelphia Eagles on that defensive front like Hargrave is such a hard player to play against it's going to be really really interesting to see what his market is going to be especially obviously if, when the, if they do win the Super Bowl there's going to be a lot of people looking out for him again he forced one fumble this year had 11 sacks again that's sixth in the league his pass rush is one of the best PFF scores. I don't particularly care about PFF scores. I more look at when you watch him, is he menacing? Is he tough to block? Which is true. He had 30, just to go through the stats, he had 33 solo tackles, 15 assisted, one for force fumble, 30 stops, 11 sacks, 40 hurry, six hits, and 57 total pressures. He's a guy that constantly comes up on tape when you watch the Philadelphia Eagles. I think a lot of people have seen just how good that they have been this year. And a lot of it comes to their pass rush and that defensive front. And he's one of the guys 
That is a really, really good option. And if Duran Payne didn't make it to free agency, Javon Hargrave would be one of the first guys that I would want the Bears to call. But like I said, if you really wanted to team up those guys together, that would be insane. But we will see what will happen. But he's definitely someone that really needs to look at. Um, and I do agree with this. I think they spend more in defensive tackle and free agency than edge. I think all you have to do is look at what they did last year. They tried to bring in guys at defensive tackle. I think they're going to do the same this year. Personally, I think they're going to sign probably three to four guys on the defensive line early in free agency and just let it go from there. But it's going to be really interesting to see where they line up here. And finally, we have um, from our own picks here, Yannick Ngakwe and Tony, that was yourself. So do you want to talk through why you think Yannick Ngakwe should be one of the options for the Bears? Yeah, and, and it's, it's actually sort of along the lines of that, that last comment about spending less money on the edge um, as opposed to spending money interior. Um, you know, a lot of people have talked about Marcus Davenport. But he's going to cost you a lot of money. Um, and I don't think it's money worth investment, uh, personally. Um, I think you got a guy like Ngakwe, Maybe again for 15, 16 million a year, which obviously still a lot of money, but it's, it's less than you would sort of pay for other players. Um, still only 27 years old as well. You know, knows knows the scheme very well. Um, you know, he's coming off a, I think it's a 10 sack season. Um, and it, it just seems like the type of guy who, you know, based on the fact he was with the Colts last year as well, um, that uh, Eberflus would be. Uh, comfortable and approaching. Um, again, it's with him being 27, he's one of those prime free agent guys anyway. Um, that That's the sort of, you, you come in and he's prime, you want to be picking guys up at that point in, the, in their career. When they're on the up, get them for two, three years and, and justify paying that sort of money for them. So, yeah, for me, um, he's, this is absolutely one of the ways I would go uh, in terms of pass rush. Um, it still allows you, because the thing is, you could either spend a significant amount of money on someone else, or you could split the money between two sort of players. You know, and you've got Ngakwe, you could spend maybe 14, 50 million on. Um, and you could also pick up, um, uh, uh, you know, maybe some of the other guys that the, I know a guy that you're going to be talking about shortly as well, Kira, um, is, um, you know, uh, your, your man from San Francisco. Um, uh, you, you could spend a lot less money, but still really, really improve that position because it's a position that's been sorely lacking over the last 12 months. Um, so for me, it's absolutely the way you go. And you never know, you may end up with Will Anderson in the draft as well. Um, and then all of a sudden, your, your pass rush goes from points in the defense to um, one of the strengths. So yeah, for me, this would be a great fit for the Bears and someone that I would be trying to target in the first week of free agency. I also yeah. think it's really important. I'm sorry, Karen. I think it's also really important. And Tony, you're bang on right. Is that we, if we're going to go and get a big name, one of the big names too that everyone's talking about in the draft, we need to have experience around either one of those two. Because if we did get a pain, for example, it creates opportunities for for um, Ningakwe. God, did I pronounce that right? If I did, I'm quite impressed myself because I took around seven attempts. Um, like. It gives them opportunities to get to get in, and that's where we massively lack this year. Is that we had nobody creating that pressure. 
that meant our edges were being just destroyed and it was people could sit there for a good 20 seconds to work out what they were going to do and I get why people look at look at this kid and go oh yeah look he was at the Colts it wasn't that great but what you got to remember is you put him in as part of a, a puzzle and it's like offensive line defensive line are all puzzles to put them together that they all work as one big unit and and I, I I'm with Tony I like this kid I like his value as well I think you're right it's going to be around a 15 million mark um, I think that's a that's a nice one and uh, to be looked at and investigated more I suppose yeah absolutely and look I think from there we have our wildcard signings so again the wildcard signings are ones we've either spoken about previously or we see different people kind of talking about them or I'll put a few of them up here I want to get through these guys kind of quick enough some of the guys we've already kind of said that I don't think is going to happen, but we'll talk a little bit about them. And um, so the first one, obviously Orlando Brown jr. Is some of that, a lot of people have been talking about over on Twitter. I think there's, you look at the links between the Kansas city chiefs and Ryan Poles. I don't think this is going to be one that the bears are going to want to do because I think that they're going to want to stick with Braxton Jones. I also don't think they're going to want to pay Orlando Brown jr. All that money. Um, I just, I the only reason where this kind of comes into the back of my mind is just the fact that Ryan Poles was in Kansas City when they traded for him. He look, I don't think he really fits in terms of the physical profile. I think that, like I said, they probably will want to see what Braxton Jones can do when he actually has a full off season of working out and getting himself ready. But look, I put this one up just because. I think a lot of people have been talking about him. I know a lot of people don't want this to happen, but again, I still would say don't be surprised just because there are links between him and the GM. But I guess before I move on to the next guys, are any thoughts that you guys have on Orlando Brown Jr.? I know, right? Nice. Let's Simples move on. Not, <laughs> Simples, I don't. And I don't think it's a need that necessarily want for the reason you just said. I think there's a lot more important people. Also, he had threw his dummy out of the, the pram because he wanted to play left tackle to get left tackle money when he was mm -hmm. playing really well as right tackle. Don't need the drama of that. Thanks. Yeah. So we'll move on to the next one. So this is one that I've seen people talk about. I'm, I'm kind of like not big on Mike McGlinchey. I know he was like a highly drafted prospect. Again, I think this is one where people will see the name and not actually look at the fit and not look at his performance. I think he has struggled over the last couple of weeks. Definitely struggled in the playoffs. Is he someone that you want to be paying a lot of money to? No. But if he did make it to that second wave of free agency where he's not getting that big amount of money, I could see it happening. He's definitely an, an interesting one. I don't think he's going to be one of their top targets, but I could see a reason why they would go for him because regardless of what they say, it's still kind of an upgrade at that position. Um, but I guess do either of you guys have opinions on it? Because I know there's some people that like him and some people that hate him. Person, personally, I wouldn't be on the side of a fan of this signing if it was one of your main signings for your offensive line? I don't have any strong feelings either way, to be honest with you. Like, I don't, I, you know, it's, yeah, either way. 
Um, yeah, if, if they picked him up, fine. But I wouldn't want to pay top dollar for the guy. Um, absolutely, he's he's, an, he's definitely a, a, an upgrade over what we have at right tackle currently. Um, but you don't want to just settle for, oh, well, he's slightly better. You know, you want to be looking at a, uh, an investment of that position, which is going to last longer. And, you know, and I'm going to contradict myself here. And I know I spoke about, you know, in free agency, the Bears will be targeting right tackle highly, and they, they will. But, you know, there's some there's some tackles available in the draft that you could also feel really comfortable with in that second second round, bottom of the first round sort of thing. So, um, you know, it really, it's really, you'd be curious to see where they go. But for me, McGlinchey, no, it's not, it's not worth the investment, I don't think. I think you can find people that are better suited for the role um, um, at a similar age that you wouldn't mind paying the money to. I think you're bang on with what you just said there. This would be a settling um, signing. This would be someone we'd settle for. Ah, he's a little bit better than before. This, for me, would be a, a negative against Ryan Pauls if this were we if we ended up getting Mike McGlinchey for that reason because it's not it's not what I think we need to get to our next level. Yeah, does it is it better than Larry Borum? Yeah, but Agent Mal basically said I'm tall and fat so I can block people. I mean that's what we had this year. Like we want we want to go a bit further than what than what we have as to what it is that's there. And I personally think for me Mike McGlinchey, no thanks. Yeah, I agree. Um... So we'll move on to the next one. So Yash Nijman from the Green Bay Packers. I think the one thing that I've always said that I like what the Packers have done is that they draft offensive linemen and when they're out of their rookie deals, unless they've been absolute studs, they let them go. We know that the Green Bay Packers are can't continue to sign players. They're going to have to let some guys leave. I think this is probably one that happens. I think you'll probably see Nijman and Alan Lazard leave Green Bay this year. The one thing that I like about him is that he has the versatility to play tackle and guard and has been very, very good. Obviously, we look at the links to the organization, had that with Luke Getze. Um, I just think that he's a very good offensive lineman. I think he's probably going to be in that wave two but might push himself kind of closer to the end of wave one but i definitely think this would be an option to where you have a guy that can play multiple positions can play them at a very good level and would be in kind of the range of you give you would actually get some you would get commended for giving him a, a decent contract um he's definitely for me an option that i would not mind the bears going after despite the fact that he has to play with the Packer heads. You guys yeah. have any opinions? Yeah, I think I think this guy would be a, be a good sign. And if it pissed off the guys with cheese on their heads, then yeah, all for that. Yeah, Tony, you were going to say something there. <laughs> yeah, no, just again, this is, is one of, for me, I mean, it's not a priority uh, player for me. It's a priority position, but I think there's better fits and there's people I would rather have there. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those situations where, again, it's, you know, where, where does he come in? Does he, does he play interior or does he play right tackle? That's, you know, another option. You can move him out, out that way with with the versatility. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm a big fan of versatile players and especially linemen. 
Um, you've you've got to you've got to look at how much he can add to a team, and you know, if, if, there'd be a lot to consider with that one, though. So again, I like it, but it's, it's certainly not one of my, my top options. Yeah, I think he's I think he's more of like you said, like if it's a wave two guy, if you didn't get your guy that you were hoping to get in your first one, I think you get him. You can bring him in. He can battle for a position. If he gets it, cool. If he doesn't, you still have other options that are in there. Uh, Dalton Reisner is another one. I think a lot of people in Denver really like him. Um, the one thing, again, tough offensive lineman. Could fit. Again, I don't like him as much as the two guys we mentioned earlier in terms of Powers and Ciamalo, but he's definitely one option that could be one that you could see bring in here. Um, I think he's definitely going to be someone that gets a decent contract when he hits free agency because the expectation is that he will hit free agency. So he's definitely one option that could come in. I don't know if either of you guys have kind of a kind of any thoughts on him. I know we've kind of spoken about him on previous shows. No, I think this one will be almost your I'd say swing, but I think you think he will make a lot of money there. But again, this wouldn't be your day one. This wouldn't be your your first guy that you go talk to. And again, if, if we signed him, imagine the reaction to it wouldn't exactly be massively positive. And I, I just I just think that that he is a kind of guy that would add to our depth and add to our an overall package going forward. Might be a smart signing, but wouldn't be the signing that you want to get a step up and for everyone to get excited about. Yeah. Look, I, I, I think, think I would definitely still prefer to have Dalton Reisner in the team as opposed to Cody White here, though, given the option. Oh, I'm 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 all, I, I, think, I, I, think I do I'm, like him and I think he's solid, reliable player, like, um, and I think he's certainly a guy that I, I, I've talked about him before as an option for the Bears and someone I would like for them to look to bring in. But again, you know, it's not it's a second second wave sort of signing. Um, you know, it, it's what I think it'd be one of those situations where, you know, first wave, you're either going to spend a, a lot of money on a on a guard or you're going to spend a lot of money on like a defensive tackle. Um, and it just so happens a defensive tackle works out, in which case you take the, the top guard off your board and you move to the next guy because you don't want to compete at the same level. And this is that sort of guy where, you know, you're disappointed you get you didn't get your top guy, but you still get a guy that you feel can contribute to the team and will be effective and can protect fields as well. And I think Reisner is absolutely reliable, but he's not, he's not a headliner, if you like. Yeah, and to me, it's the next one. Andre Dillard is an interesting one. Um, high draft pick, but has just been tormented by injury, really. Um, it's been his biggest problem. It's probably the one reason why, look, he, he got his place ta taken away by um, when the Eagles have kind of come in here. They have a, a good amount of tackles that play for that team. He's an interesting one. You, when we spoke about this guy closer to the trade deadline, we were hearing a lot of different teams that were interested in trading for him. So I wonder when he hits free agency what his market's going to be like. I don't know if they're going to take a risk with a guy like Andre Dillard, but the one thing that you do have is you have that inside track because you have Ian Cunningham that knows him and would have been involved in the process of drafting Andre Dillard. So that is something that is an interesting option i think just the injury concerns are probably going to stop him from getting that massive contract 
but it's definitely an option that if you do strike out on some of the other options that we've mentioned he has ability it's just can you can he fix that that injury and because it's just been the one thing that's kind of halted himself early in his career so that's really that i i do like him as a prospect i do like him coming in but it's just where what price can you get him at if there are teams that are interested in him i think he'll get a, a reasonable enough deal just because of probably the lack of options that will be there at offensive tackle um, so we'll move on to some of our defensive guys. So one guy a little bit older, so but I think he has the swagger that you that you look for on this defense, and that's Brandon Graham. He's again with the Eagles, might be a guy that probably resigns with the Eagles, but again, it's somebody that if you were going for that like one year deal or two year deal type guys, he'd be someone that I would be targeting just because he brings that tenacity, he brings that toughness for the defense and Look, he knows how to get after the quarterback and he doesn't really care. I think I saw a video of him two or three days ago where he was just yapping away the entire time and his team eventually were saying, all right, let's play now. But it's good. He has that confidence in himself. And those are guys that you kind of want on this team. Um, I'll move on to the next one, let you guys kind of talk about it. We mentioned this before, Samson Epucam. So he's had a pretty good season with San Francisco. It's not his sack numbers aren't always at the highest where you're looking at, but he does get a lot of pressure on opposing quarterbacks. And if you don't want to go out and spend a whole lot of money on an edge, because let's say you know that you want to draft like Will Anderson or an edge in the draft, and you just want to get someone for one of the other positions, I think this would be a no-brainer. I think he's he's had a very good season with San Francisco. You watch him on tape, and he's always active. He's all around the football and that's what you look for in your edge rushers. Yeah, I can see this being someone that that Poles likes, if I'm being honest. I think this is definitely someone who gets after the football, who who would be on tape nearly every single snap and, and be seen. And I just think he likes him, and I think he probably likes his price as well. I don't think this could be a, a massive contract, while being a decent one, I don't think it would be a massive one. Um, and again, goes back to whether he whether he's decided that Anderson is the is the pick they want. Um, if they can stay in the top four, um, then this guy would make sense to to be there around him and, and assist him and help him, uh, especially in year one. Uh, I, I I do like that. I do like this this guy for that reason. He's not your big sexy man that would just decide everyone wants to get up delighted about. But he's the kind of guy that comes in, does a job, and people remember in two or three years time. Yeah, that's that's a good signing. That was a good move. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll move on to one I'm not a big fan of. We spoke about it earlier on the offseason, and I think he's going to be a guy that people will talk about purely just because of his age and what people thought of him coming into the NFL. But the biggest issue, he just hasn't been productive over the last couple of years. He's definitely somebody that you might be able to get later on in free agency. I don't think he's going to be in wave one. Might be in wave two, but just that lack of production it seems like he's definitely headed for free agency. It's going to be interesting to see where this goes. I don't think he's going to be one of those priority guys because I don't actually think, I don't think his personality is kind of what the team wants because there's a lot of stories about him in New Orleans and people falling out. So I don't think that he's a very, I don't think he's going to happen, but I think if 
there's always going to be coaches and there's always going to be GMs that think that they can get the best out of a player that had a lot of promise coming into the league. It just does. It just hasn't worked for Marcus Davenport, but maybe it works at his next spot. But it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. And this is actually so true. I forgot about this. It costs two first rounders to acquire Marcus Davenport. <laughs> that's a, that's a big problem. It just goes to show kind of where, like, Mickey Loomis made a lot Sport of mistakes. His market value at twenty three million a year. That's like, bonkers. Where did he get that from? He took a sack last year. You know, like, it's because it's because of the point Karen just made. It's because of the point Karen just made because he because he cost two first rounders that people have this vision that he is all that in a bag of chips and twenty three million is a bonkers figure for Marcus Davenport. If his agent can get him twenty three million, his agent deserves to be. Given half. Especially after half a sack, right? Like the thing is, he's had productive, he's had a productive period in the NFL, but he's not consistent enough. And then when you go through an entire season getting half a sack, you're not going to be the guy that's going to change everything for this defense. Could I see the Bears signing him? Yes. But the only time I would see that happening is if they weren't able to get one of their other guys or one of their top guys in wave one, because I don't think that this is one that you really need to go for. I think it was a mistake trading draft picks for him. There's no way in hell he's going to get over 20 million a year. If he does whatever team gives him needs to, needs to figure out what the hell they're doing, because that's just one I could not imagine somebody giving him that amount of money. Um, Another one, just because again, I picked, I picked this guy just because of the links, having that link with kind of Ryan Poles. Now, he's not going to be a big signing. It would be, I think it's maybe like the end of wave one, start of wave two. Has a good has a good amount of talent. Um, cool. You have some Tato over there. Um, look, he's been in a championship team. He has some good ability at defensive tackle. Again, if you go out and you sign a guy like... Deron Payne or Javon Hargrave and then want to add again, he'd definitely be someone that you could add to this rotation and feel really good about yourself in terms of that defensive tackle. I really like Derek Nandi for, for that very reason. I think he could be one of those kind of guys that if you sign him to a kind of more of a team-friendly deal, could be kind of like an impact that we saw Akeem Hicks get when he moved on from the New Orleans Saints to the Bears. That's why I have him here, the links to the organization, but also he's a productive player and someone that I think would be at, maybe not at the front of the Bears' minds, but definitely there as he does have some sort of connection with the current GM. Yeah, and that's 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 the biggest thing I think you're looking for with these guys is because, and it goes back to that whole point of it. We don't know what Ryan Poles is actually like in these situations because last year was a, a total outlier. You know, he was in a situation where he was trying to fix what was already messed up there. He was trying to get rid of players that weren't going to be there long term. Didn't have a lot of money to work with either. So yeah, it's, it, you know, I think the natural assumption is to look at guys like 
you know, that have been on teams that these guys have been involved with before and think that they could be um, a, a good shout. But I think I think a, a couple of these guys, you know, someone said it in the chat there, it's like this is B-level swings, but they're absolutely players that can come in and contribute without you having to pay too much, but still making your team a lot better than it is currently. Yeah, and then look, finally we have Dremont Jones. Again, doesn't have massive sack numbers for the Denver Broncos, but the one thing that you can say about him, again, he is, you could use him on at defensive end, you could use him at defensive tackle. Again, he does have good amount of pressures. I don't know if he's going to get away from Denver, but I do think that there is a chance that he hits free agency. Do I think he's going to be one of those top guys early on? I don't. I think he's probably, especially if guys like Deron Payne and Javon Hargrave get to free agency, those are going to be the main guys that people are going to go after. But Jermont Jones could be somebody that if you were able to get him in here, especially if you do sign one of the other guys as well, you've pretty much fixed that defensive line if you're able to add two or three of these guys we've spoken about today like if you were able to get like a Draymond Jones if you were able to get like a Derek Gandhi if you're able to get a Duran Payne and maybe like a lower level pass rusher I think you set yourself up pretty well um but look those are those are the main targets that we kind of came up with today again there's a hell of a lot more We'll be talking about specific players and kind of other videos. We will be talking about the different positions because obviously there's more needs than just defensive line and offensive line, but those are the two main ones. That's why we wanted to talk about that today. Um, we appreciate all the comments. There's still about 57 of you in the chat. Can you please like the video? If you haven't subscribed already, please do subscribe because, again, there's going to be a lot of videos coming out over the next couple of weeks, both in terms of free agency and draft. If you're listening to this back over on Spotify or Apple Music, please make sure to like the video. Please make sure to give us a five-star review. It really helps us in terms of all of the kind of analytics and the different platforms. We really appreciate it. If there's any players you want us to go through, any positions you want us to go to, you know what to do. Go over onto Twitter, kind of DM us if there's something that you want us to kind of talk about on on the videos and we will be doing it because there's going to be a lot of videos coming up over the next couple of weeks everybody enjoy the super bowl this weekend it's going to be a hell of a lot of fun we will be back next week for another episode of the irish bear show and until next time all you can say is bear down bear down, bear down.